And so back in 2012, um, I used to do a lot of speaking and preaching and studying scripture to find out what's wrong with everybody else and then stand on a stage and tell a bunch of people what's wrong. And, and so um, this is kind of a big deal to me because I, I realized like where a lot of this um, um, ministry ideas that we have of ministry can really like get us and where it got me. And um, so I stepped down from, from any sort of ministry and I decided that I wasn't going to preach anymore. And so, um, so we're not going to call this preaching. <laughs> um, so I, I just really want to um, just share with you guys, like kind of what I feel like, uh, like God's taken me through or what God may be showing me. Um, Mike's asked me to preach and uh, Andrew's asked me to preach and Lisa was supposed to preach and she was telling me like what are you going to share on Sunday and I was like I'm not going to do it at all like it's not going to happen and uh, Pastor Bob has been saying like maybe just you know get up and share a testimony or something and I was like I, I'm just not there I'm afraid of what like standing behind a mic could do to me and um, and so then I started thinking about it and I started thinking like, if I'm afraid of what you guys think of me and I'm afraid of um, being misunderstood or being, um, you know, just being uh, well misunderstood, you know, I feel like that's pride, you know, like there's pride in that as well. Like, like if I'm, I'm afraid, then it's pride. So, um, so actually, I'm just going to share with you kind of what God's um, showing me about the subject of humility, which, <laughs> you know, kind of, uh, it may sound a little uh, uh, pretentious or prideful in itself, but um, I hope that you guys get something out of this. Um, maybe it'll confirm some things uh, for you. And um, so the title of this message, we can call it a message, is... Um, be humble. So, um, so we know that the Bible says to be holy, right? So, First uh, Peter one thirteen um, uh, uh, through fourteen says, "But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your con conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy." And it is written in Leviticus uh, nineteen. Two, where it says, "You shall be holy, for the Lord your God is, uh, your, for I, the Lord your God, am holy." So, what? Uh, so, what is holy? You guys want to help me out? Like, what is holy? Like, to you, when you think of holy, what is holy? Like, what does it mean to be holy? Anybody have? Now I think about it being different, or weird. Uh huh. Different, peculiar. Set apart. Pure. What was that? Righteous. Okay. What's that? Spirited. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so the word is kadesh, and it means sanctified, um, um, consecrated. So set apart. Uh, like Julio said, um, separate, different, right? Peculiar, 
uh, dedicated um, and committed, like committed to the purposes of God. So, um, so what about the term like holier than thou? You guys heard that? Like, like, oh, that guy thinks he's just hol hol holier than thou. Like, so you guys heard that? Yeah. So, so holy can also have this like negative connotation, right? So we can look at in our culture or church culture, there's this, this idea that holiness can also be a negative. Um, so uh, what about humility? Do you think humility can be holiness? Um, so what does it mean to be hum uh, humble? Teachable? Put others before yourself. Yeah, okay. Put others before yourself. What's that? Not proud, okay. Think of a position as like being under 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 somebody versus over being over them what's that equal okay so equality what's that conscious kindness i like that okay um so what about in our culture so if we think about humility and the idea of humility in our culture what do you guys think you think that that's what does our culture say about humility Shame. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that our culture uh, would see humility as weakness? Yeah. 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 Right. So if you take a look at our culture, they they're they're calling this uh, this generation coming up. They're calling it the selfie generation, right? So, um, so I have a crazy statistic right here. So in mid uh, 2019, Google um, kind of ran their uh analytics or whatever for uh their their android phones and they found that um on average people uh it actually says millennials so hey um 39 million selfies a day Whoa. so that's crazy and i think most of them were taking and then we're like i don't like that one i don't like that one i don't like that one okay i like this one i want everybody to see that right and so that makes me think about our culture as far as like the filters that we put our lives through, right? When we're on uh, social media, we run our lives through filters. We only let people see what we want them to see, right? If you think about social media and you think about um, opinions, we just like kind of put our opinions out there and then we walk away and we don't know how to have arguments or, or conversations with people anymore. We don't know how to, um, be teachable and I'm not I'm not saying like we like you or I'm saying like us I'm saying like I'm just trying to paint a picture of the culture and the temptation that we have around us you know all the time and so um, so if you think about like how um, in the corporate world or in the business world or when we think about uh, professions it's all about climbing the ladder of success, stepping on the little guy to get what you want, to get where you need to be, and then blaming the little guy. You didn't have what you, what I had. You didn't uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Daddy said, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you didn't do it. Too bad for you. So good for me. I got the raise. I got the promotion. I'm at the top. I mean, that's kind of kind of an attitude that that we see in our culture. Um, I looked it up on uh, Google, you know, like when you put in a word, it comes up very first thing. It just says like kind of a, what, uh, 
what the definition is. And so I put in uh, humility and this is what I got. I got a modest or low view of one's own importance. So do you think that that's what humility is? No, but that, that really does speak of weakness, right? So I, I totally disagree with Google. I like what C.S. Lewis said. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself, yourself less. I like that. Um, and that's, found, that, that's from the book uh, Mere Christianity, which is also a really good book. Um, so in our culture, pride is a virtue and humility is a weakness, right? Would you guys agree with that? Okay. So from what I've studied, from what I've read, the Greco-Roman world uh, really wasn't much different. Um, the Greek-Roman um, uh, era. So um, the word is, uh, and I don't know if I'm saying this right because I don't speak Greek, uh, tapianos, I believe, um, which means crushed or debased, lowly. Uh, the English lexicon of the New Testament says tapianos uh, pertains to being of low social status or to uh, relative uh, inimportance, in, in uh, to, uh, to cope lowly, uh, sorry, inability to cope uh, lowly, uh, undistinguished, of no account, being um, servile in manner, which means uh, wanting to please others. Uh, uh, pliant, so uh, passive, uh, easily influenced, and subservient. And, uh, and it says, uh, humility is a negative qu uh, quality that, uh, that would make one lose face in the Greco-Roman world. So uh, I also looked at uh, BibleStudiesTools.com, uh, and it says, in Greek culture, uh, tapianos, humility, and its uh, derivatives were words of contempt. The Greeks saw men as the measure of all things, thus to be low on a social scale, uh, to know poverty or to be socially powerless was seen as shameful. And so also for the Jewish perspective, living in that um, influence of the you know, Greeks and the Greco, you know, Roman world. Um, to be lowly or poor, homeless, to be sick, blind, um, it was because of your sin. It was because of either your sin or your father's sin or your father's father's sin before him or something. But whatever it was, it was because of something you did. And so God's punishing you. And so who am I to argue with God? That was kind of the idea. Um, of the time. So uh, if you were in a place of privilege or honor, uh, you didn't need to worry about others, right? If you had a uh, privilege, you were blessed. If you had wealth, the favor of the Lord was on your life. Like that, that was how they saw it, right? Um, and so the Pharisees, the religious uh, elite of the day, uh, Holiest holiness and righteousness was everything to them, right? Um, they wanted everybody to see it. They wanted everybody to notice it. 
So humility, they wanted to look humble before God. Um, they, they wanted everybody to know they were blessed, right? They wanted to know, let everybody know that they had the favor of the Lord on them, right? <clears throat> but what did Jesus say? So in Matthew chapter 5, he says, blessed, and the word is uh, makaros, the favor of the Lord. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and uh, thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will be for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. And about righteousness, in that same uh, servant, Sermon on the Mount where he talks about loving your enemy and turning the other cheek, um, he says your, your righteousness must surpass that of the Pharisees, the, the scribes and the Pharisees. So to Jesus, righteousness and holiness look different than the Pharisees and the religious of the day. Um, and of the of the Greeks and the Romans that, and the culture of of the day. Um, so, do you think humility could be holiness? So, concerning uh, the Pharisees, he says they don't practice what they preach. So, do as they say, not as they do. It says in Matthew uh, 23, 4, they tie up heavy burdens, hard, uh, hard to bear, and they lay them on people's shoulders, but they are unwilling to lift a finger. They make their phylacteries broad and their, uh, their fringes uh, long. So the phylacteries are like these little cubes that they wear on their head and they put like the Torah, the, the law of Moses, like roll them up and stick them in this little box and then they strap them to their forehead. And um, and these tassels, they were showing off. Yeah, and Jesus noticed that. Jesus Jesus recognized their false uh, their their false humility. Um, and so in Luke uh, twenty forty six, he says he put. Uh, um, they like walking around in long robes, and they love uh, elaborate greetings in the marketplace and the best seats in the synagogue and the places of honor at banquets. And then listen to this. He says, they devour widows' properties and as a show make long prayers. So they make long elaborate prayers to be seen by, by men. And, um, and I mean, I think I've been around the church long enough to actually say like, I don't think we're much different, you know? I think that a temptation's there. And um, as a Christian culture, like we could, we could easily slip into that. I know I, I've been there. And that's part of the reason why I feel like God's like showing me this stuff. Cause I didn't see this stuff before. I didn't, I mean, and this is the other thing is I would read the scripture and just everything that we just read. And I'm like, you know, sitting up here, like, just like, oh, these Pharisees, all this religious, piety and 
but I got to be careful not to like read myself into the disciples and the follower, the way and truth and the life and, and make sure check myself. You know what I mean? Like, like, do I act like the Pharisees at times? Like, you know, do I do that? Like, I don't know, but God, if I do like show me, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, so I think we need to be careful when we read ourselves into scripture. That's all I'm really saying. Um, so in contrast to all that, uh, Jesus taught principles like the last shall be first, the first shall be last. In order to come up, you must go down and the servant of all, like we're to be the servant of all. Um, in Matthew 23, 11, the greatest, uh, it says, the greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So now, uh, as you read through scripture, um, <laughs> and you start putting yourself in the, in the, you know, reading yourself into the disciples, you also got to look at kind of, I, I don't like saying you, I or we need to also kind of look at the disciples and kind of where they were at, you know, um, because I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And I want to, you know, be like James and John and Peter. And, you know, because we read these passages, you know, like the book of Peter, where Jesus, where Peter's like, you know, he's got all this really great things to say. And it's just like, man, I want to be like Peter. But um, those guys argued like a lot, <laughs> like a lot about who's the greatest, you know. So, uh, so I just have a couple of those stories for you. So, um, um, back up. Okay. So, um, on one occasion, uh, Jesus is hanging out at the house of a Pharisee, and he sees people taking seats of honor. Um, he sees them seating themselves next to more important people. And he says this, he says, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor. <clears throat> Least someone more distinguished than you be invited uh, by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person. And then you will begin, you will begin with shame to take the, low, the lowest place. So I think that that, that reminds me of, um, you know, the, the idea from scripture that says, you know, pride comes before a fall, you know? And so a lot of times when we try to be somebody we're not, or we try to present ourselves as something that people just know we're not, then there's a chance we could be humiliated, right? And humiliate, humiliation is not humility, you know? Because I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, what's the difference? Well, like with humility, like we humble ourselves or we ask God to humble us, you know, and we put ourselves under the instruction of God, un under the authority of God. But we know that the authority of God is to help us and guide us and, and lead us in his way, right? And if we're humiliated, then we're caught 
off guard. We're totally just like, we're going about our business. We think we're on top of the world. We think we're all that. And then somebody, you know, totally humiliates us. And then, you know, we have to eat crow. We have to, uh, then we have to humble ourselves. Um, so, uh, so then it says, but when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And I think we all wanna be important and we all wanna be respected and we all wanna be honored. Um, do you think there's really anything wrong with that? I don't think that God, I, I actually do believe that God wants us to know our value not like Google, you know, that, that, that definition there. But I do believe that God wants us to know our importance and wants us to know that we're, uh, we're important and we're, um, we're um, valuable, that we're valuable to him, that we're valuable to others, that we're, that we have a purpose in this world. Um, I believe that he wants us to, to look at humility in that light rather than in this weakness um, that the world would, um, would say humility is weakness and pride is, is uh, not. So, <clears throat> okay, so, um, To win, you got to lose. Yeah. So Luke 9, 46, uh, Jesus' disciples are arguing again about who the greatest is in the kingdom. And Jesus says, in Jesus knowing the reasoning of their heart, he took a child and put him in, in uh, uh, he put him by his side. And he says, whoever receives the child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all sorry, is the one who is great. And then uh, Mark 9, 33, Jesus overhears them talking on the road. So they're on a journey. They're, they're headed to, uh, to a place. And when they get to the spot, when they get to the place, um, he says, uh, what were you discussing on the way? And then it says, but they kept silent. Uh, for on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the 12. And he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last. And uh, the last of all and servant of all. <clears throat> and so then the disciples are arguing again. Um, and this time, uh, the mom gets involved, right? So uh, the son of Zebedee, the, the sons of Zebedee, uh, what is it? Um, uh, James and John. Um, 
so so this story is found in Matthew uh, chapter 20. So the mom says, uh, when you come in your kingdom, let my son sit at the, uh, uh, let my son sit on your left and the other on the right, right? So they believed that the Messiah was gonna come and kick out all the Romans and take over and set up a, a, a throne, um, like the throne of David, right? And uh, she's saying, Hey, when you do all this and when you become the king, you know, and, and this like, like, let my, my, let my sons be your like left hand and right hand man. Um, what was that? Yeah, top lieutenants. Um, <clears throat> but then the other guys, they overhear him, right? I got my hair in my face. So, uh, yeah, these guys, they overhear him talking. And um, so then they get upset. And they start arguing about who's the greatest, right? So now these, these 12 dudes are arguing again about who's the greatest. Um, and this is what Jesus says. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave. Even as the Son of Man came... Uh, not to be served, but to serve. And so Jesus also demonstrated servanthood. He, he demonstrated humility. And um, right before the Last Supper, they took that Passover uh, you know, feast. He washed their feet, right? And um, after he washes their feet in uh, John 13, 13, he says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher has washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done. <clears throat> truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you. And so I think what he's saying is he's saying, be humble as I am humble. You know, be holy as I am holy. Be humble as I am humble. Be holy as I, be holy as I am holy by being humble as I am humble. Does that make sense? <clears throat> so then after the supper, right? So they eat this supper, they break the bread, they do the communion thing, right? Then they're arguing, you know, because somebody's in the midst, somebody's within, in the, you know, the, the gang, the crew the, that is about to betray him, right? And so then Jesus calls them out on it, and they're all like, who is it? Is it me? It's not me. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm good with, I'm good with, you know, Jesus. And so then they start arguing. They start arguing about who's the greatest. It's not me. I'm, 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 like, I'm like his favorite, right? So they start arguing. This is right after he says this about the, the um, you know, he washes their feet. It's right after he takes the, the, he does the supper, which is supposed to represent unity and coming together. Um, and he says, let the greatest among you as the youngest and the leader as one who serves for who is the greater 
one who reclines at the table or one who serves? It is not the one who reclines at the table. And he says this, but I am among you as one who serves. So I think he's saying, be humble as I am humble. <clears throat> um, humility is something that's fundamental to the life of Christ, to the to uh, who he was. And it's also a fundamental characteristic of the believer, right? Um, it's important for us to be humble. It's important for us to really think about what it means to be humble and um, holy and set apart in our humility, different than our culture, you know? So uh, Paul uh, writes to the Philippians in Philippians 2, uh, 1 through 8. He says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any effect, uh, affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being on the same, be, being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own uh, interests, but also to the interests of others. And then it says, uh, have this mind among you, which in, in yours, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by becoming, <clears throat> by, sorry, by, by taking the form of a servant, um, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So humility is something that we need to aspire to. Uh, but I think it's also important for us to like kind of look at what humility is and holiness is. And the Bible also says be perfect as I am perfect, right, in other places. And so, um, but I think it's important for us to look at what that is. Perfection is this thing that it's like we need to be that. We need to, we need to, to go after that. We need to want to be whole. We want to, we need to want to be everything to everybody. And we, but we also need to know that we're not perfect and we're not holy and we're not humble all the time. Right. And the fact that we do struggle, um, with sin. Um, That's right. God's not disappointed with us because of our sin. Um, try to find my place because I lost my place. Okay, so I, I got. Uh, I just got one more story. Um, so this one's found in Luke uh, eighteen nine through fourteen. Um, a Pharisee and a tax collector uh, walk into a temple. So uh, it sounds like a joke, right? But this is a, it's a um, it's a parable that Jesus um, told, and it says, uh, "The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus: God, I think 
you that I am not like, um, like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. He says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But then the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then Jesus says this in, in verse 14. He says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So with that, I'm just going to pray for us. Um, Lord God, I pray that you will um, that you'll make us holy, set apart, to help us to be humble. Um, that you'll uh, mold us. I'm reminded of a part that I didn't put into the into this message, and I think it's pretty important. But um, so the American uh, or the English um, word for humble actually comes from the word, um, um, no, I'm forgetting. Um, maybe it's not important. <laughs> um, anyway, it means dirt, right? Um, and what's interesting about dirt when we think about humility and we think about this concept is dirt is soil and soil can be fertile. Um, clay also comes from the dirt, right? And so, um, so Lord, um, I pray that you, I pray that you'll make us like, uh, like soil, like fertile, fertile soil so that, uh, so that we'll grow so that we can produce fruit. So we're going to produce love and joy, kindness goodness, mercy, patience, self-control, all the fruits of the Spirit. Pray that you'll make us like uh, like clay, your hand that you'll mold us to what you want us to be. And I pray for your conviction, and I thank you for your conviction, and that you don't leave us um, out to, you don't leave us in that place that the world puts us when we struggle with self-esteem or we struggle with uh, self-worth, but that you show us that, you're, that we're valuable in your sight, in your eyes, and that you give us the uh, empathy and the compassion for others so that we can go into the world and we can actually touch other people's lives and help them to see their worth and their value. And I pray that you'll make us humble. In Jesus' name, amen.